0: Welcome to the Biz Power Hour podcast, where we discuss all things related
1: to your business in sales, marketing, software, and strategy, bringing you the industry-leading experts with uncut and unedited advice, opinions, and actionable
0: takeaways. Sit back and relax. This is the Biz Power Hour, and it begins now. Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Business Power Hour with Daniel Bushes, This episode, we have a guest that I'm very excited to introduce. He's going to help us demystify business insurance. And I'd like to introduce you all to Eric Motzenbacher, the CEO of Pacific Premier Insurance. Eric, it is great to have you on the show. For those who may have not heard of you before and your business, can you just give a short introduction of who you guys are and what you specialize in.
2: Yeah, it's good to be here, Daniel. Thanks for thanks for having me. Even though we can't be in the uh, recording studio together, we're doing this by Zoom, but I um, uh, appreciate you having me on and being able to talk about insurance. I know it's a, a sexy topic that will probably attract many new viewers to your channel, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, business insurance so right off the bat i just I, it's probably good for me to mention so i i focus on a specific niche within business insurance so we focus on the general liability professional liability the property and casualty piece of it and uh, not to be confused with the health benefits or the health insurance the life insurance um, i know kind of when people think of insurance they they kind of bunch everything together but there are kind of specific swim lanes that, that uh, agencies tend to focus on. And we've always focused on property and casualty. Um, and there's a lot that goes into that. There's a lot that is confusing about that. A lot of industry jargon and and know-how that we have to kind of demystify and and help people understand so that they can make educated decisions for their business.
0: Absolutely, well, I know selfishly, I'm gonna probably ask you a bunch of questions because, over the years of navigating running a business, there's different needs and different different things you have to be uh, covered and protected and, and things that typically you don't even know that you should be insured for. And so I guess I'm going to start with a broad question and hopefully I can lead you down the right path here. Um, so business insurance is can be really confusing and like, what would be the areas of insurance that you would say arguably just pretty much every company should start with or they should at least have some kind of coverage with
2: yeah that's a great question so um insurance is definitely not one size fits all it needs to be customized to the business you're talking to, and like I said just on the I, on the outset of this, I focus on the property and casualty portion not the not the health and 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 all and all the different uh insurances that. That some businesses may need, but I think so. I think I'm on pretty safe ground um, when talking about property and casualty to say that just about any business entity needs um, needs to have some sort of general liability insurance. That's the coverage that picks up if you accidentally injure someone or you damage their property, because um, obviously anybody could any business could do that. Um, But outside of that, uh, every company should kind of analyze their own risk. What we do at our agency for our clients is we do what's called a PAC Premier 360 review. So it's five steps, uh, identify, strategize, go to market, protect, and evaluate. Um, And we go through, the first step of that is identify. We kind of go through the hypotheticals of what we might need to consider. And figure out you know which coverage just makes sense to the individual business owner to have. Some of them uh, some of them are available, but uh, but may not be you know something that 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 uh, the the business owner sees a lot of value in. Uh, it, obviously, it's we're, we're recording this on April 14th, so you and I are right in the middle of this COVID 19 pandemic. Um, but obviously, you know, had I brought up Pandemic insurance as a line item to business owners uh, a couple months ago, that would have not, you know, registered or moved many people uh, as a hypothetical, and and now with with the current context, it's a it's a much more salient uh, talking or you know something to talk about. Um, but so so that just that's just an example of how we kind of would go through hypotheticals, some things we'd accept, some things we'd mitigate, some things we'd avoid. Um, but we want our clients to make an informed decision about about what they find value in protecting themselves against.
0: Gotcha. Makes sense. And I know you covered it, but um, I know for people like me that are probably completely illiterate in business insurance, uh, so property, if you could just restate that, like what property is and then what casualty is, and I know you already did that, but just in case someone missed, like, well, what's property and then what's casualty insurance?
2: yeah absolutely so it's easy for easy for me to slip into uh thinking that everyone is an insurance agent right but um property and casualty is 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 a tranche of insurance it's uh it's its own section separate from life and health um so within property and casualty you have the lines of business like um general liability, professional liability, workers' compensation. It also includes personal lines of insurance like home insurance, your auto insurance, umbrella insurance.
0: All of those fall into property and casualty. Gotcha. Okay. And so I I do recognize that if someone's listening to this and they have like a construction company and there's another listener that has like a fitness gym and someone else that maybe has a real estate company, I mean, they're all going to have different needs of insurance. Is there anything that arguably every single business should at least have? And knowing that there are, of course, uniquenesses and differences that they all would probably likely need, but is there's this blanket thing? If everyone needed to have one thing, is there that one thing or is it completely custom to the industry and, and the business itself?
2: It's really customized. Uh, the, the one that I mentioned that I feel like I'm on safe ground saying, you know, every entity or business needs is, uh, is general liability. Um, because any, any company could, could potentially injure somebody or damage their property. And that could entangle them in a lawsuit that they, that, that they need protection for.
0: Gotcha. And, Outside of just people not understanding about like general liability, property, casual, and those things, I mean, you know, you're doing, you're an expert in insurance, you're dealing with, you know, business owners in the millions of dollars. So is there like a common misperception or misunderstanding that you continually see about business or business insurance?
2: Definitely, yeah. Uh, most, most common misunderstanding is that insurance people think insurance is a commodity. They think it's just all the same. It's just insurance Price is All we should consider. Um, and I, I hear that all the time. And when I hear that, I think, you know, kind of, you know, ding, 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 like, um, this person may, may not have an agent or, or someone isn't educating them on, on the differences between, uh, between policies and, and what they should be
0: considering. Right. And so um, I know, so like, I, you know, I run a marketing agency. So one of the things that we have a, a challenge in doing is trying to create desire for a product. And sometimes those products are digital, but usually someone ends up getting something, you know, and a, In a a real world with a real product, you buy a pair of shoes online, they ship the pair of shoes, you put them on your feet, you're enjoying them. If it's a digital product, it might be like consuming an online course or something. With insurance, it's kind of, it's not a tangible thing until you need it. So I could understand that people likely are like, well, you know, I'm just going to get whatever I'm going to get and, you know, nothing's ever going to happen. So I would imagine that there's probably... With different price points amounts of coverage or things like that that they really should consider i mean can you kind of elaborate a little bit on that i know that's really broad
2: no i think that's a really good uh a really good point to bring up is that it it is insurance is something that is intangible it's not like it's not like going on amazon for example and and buying a tv something that we can all get excited about and look at the different specs and figure out what we like. I think part of the reason, um, part of the reason why insurance has kind of flopped in terms of uh, being, being uh, distributed online is that uh, people just aren't generally wired to want to, you know, for, for lack of a better word, like nerd out over the, over the different coverages and, and, and all that sort of thing. Um, So, and I think that it goes back to, uh, you know, not to, not to uh overly pitch our our system but our pack premier 360 review what we're what we're trying to do there when we're identifying is figure out what actually is of value to to an individual uh business owner because it's they're not all the same and they do need to they do need to understand the plan there are going to be years where you don't have any claims Daniel right um, and so there should be an end result to not having a claim one year, just like there should be an end result if you do have a claim, right? That's that's easy, that's tangible, that's protection, not having to, you know, uh, weather a, a, a serious litigation issue on your own or, or having to, you know, uh, replace a piece of property that was really expensive that got damaged on your own um, and having and being uh, made whole by the insurance company. But it's it's more likely right I mean that's how that's how this works that uh, you're gonna go years and years without having a claim. I mean one of the things that I really love about insurance is that uh, there it's this balance between um, doing things uh, that you know in a way that are that, way that's sustainable, it's profitable right we need to, we need to continually uh, innovate and come up with ways to add value and make, a, a living to keep the lights on but we also um it's like this great social responsibility right we're, we're bringing this whole community of business owners who are alike together and we're basically saying that if one of you has a if one of you has the worst case scenario happen to you we're going to make you whole we're, we're going to make sure that you don't um uh you, you, you're not you're not out of business because of this right and it's not the insurance company necessarily doing that it's the whole community Coming together and paying their insurance premiums to to create this 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 fund in case the worst case scenario happens to one of them. So by definition, we have to assume that you're going to go years and years paying those premiums without necessarily seeing any premium come back to you. So first, I think first of all, just explaining that that concept to people that you're not you know this isn't like return on investment. You're not paying hundred dollars to get a hundred and ten back this year, right? And and that's hard for people to wrap wrap their heads around sometimes because I think we're all wired to, you know, I- expect that in certain ways. Um, but I think I think that to have an honest conversation about this, you know, that's how this that's how this has to work is that we're all pooling together and taking care of the the people who are, you know, least fortunate among us. Um, and yeah, I, I, I hope I covered that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh when i started and i you know i feel guilty in admitting this to you but for over a decade i probably ran my company without having any insurance and then finally when you start to get to a a point where you've acquired some level of wealth or assets or anything that's important to you you start to worry about protecting those things And so it's, I kind of, I, at least for me, what I told myself is I I pay for health insurance because God forbid, if something happens, I want to know that it's going to get taken care of. Like if I break my arm, I can go to the hospital or the doctor and I'm going to get the right care and I'm not going to go broke doing so. And so I use that same mindset for business insurance where it's like, I'm going to pay for it. And I, and I'm hoping that I don't have to use it. But if I but when that time comes, God forbid that I need it, it's there, like it's gonna pay dividends. So but, I, and, I can and, see what you're saying. Yeah,
2: but this, and so there, but there should be something for you at the end of that rainbow too. If you if you are a good client for for years and years, or even just a year, um, and don't have any claims and are and are profit and are making the system work for the insurance company and for this whole system, then I think that there should be something. To, to your benefit, too. And that's part of the plan as well. So obviously we want certain outcomes to happen in the, in the years or in the event of a, a, a year with a claim. But we also want there to be outcomes in your favor when there are, when there are years if you don't have a claim, right? Uh, and so I think that part of my job is setting the expectation of here, you know, th- these are, these are the goals that we want to shoot for. And if we do these things, this is what we can expect to get back. Uh, And the great thing about the great thing about business insurance is that it is such a conversation with the underwriter. That's maybe that's maybe the second biggest misunderstanding with uh, about about business insurance is that we really are trying to talk to, you know, another human being on the other end of the phone about your business and about why this is a better risk and a better and a better reason, a a better business to insure than than maybe the one down the street almost, you know. and and just telling the story of the business sometimes can make a huge difference in wanting in, in the underwriter wanting to price it a certain way or get them a certain coverage that, you know, maybe there's maybe there's concern that there could be a major loss about. I know I'm, I know I'm talking a little I'm in the, I'm in the weeds a little bit uh, about insurance, but, uh, you know, I, that's kind of the, the really fun piece to me is getting into the business's story, like what, what you know, what what makes them unique and what makes them special, and then communicating that story back to the uh, the decision maker, the underwriter, to get them the best option possible.
0: You know, you bring up um, you bring up a good point, uh, in which I'm going to direct my next question to you. For I know, in my own experience, I was looking for insurance, business insurance. Uh, and so you go online and you, you're kind of overwhelmed. You don't know what you're looking for and it's not, it's arguably not as user-friendly as going online to find health insurance. Like it's just, it's kind of a different animal. I, my question to you is what's the best path for someone ideally to take? Cause I know I went online and started, you know, typing in search results and I didn't know who to go to. I didn't know what I was looking for. So I would imagine if someone came to you, there's or, or someone like you, there's got to be a, a benefit to that, right?
2: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'll be transparent. I'm biased, right? I'm I, I'm part of the agency distribution uh, model, but I, like like we had just kind of touched on, just hinted at. I think part of the reason technology hasn't become more of a prevalent way to distribute insurance is because people don't typically. Find this exciting, or want to go online to 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 learn about this? There's all these commercials online, like uh, you know, use a use 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 a CPA thing because you don't you don't want to, uh, or use LegalZoom because you don't want to have to go to law school to 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 design your own contract, right? I think that was one of the commercials I I saw recently. The same thing for insurance. I mean, yeah, you could try to go on there and learn everything about all these coverages and read all these definitions and do all this, you know, legwork. But you know, at the end of the day, most business owners. They, they have more important things to do. They have you know, they need to spend their, their time doing what is profitable for them. And the, 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 the real secret, I think that is important for people to, to, uh, to you know, to, for me to put out there and for people to know is that there's not a difference in cost. If you go directly to a company, if you call 400 companies on your own and got quotes on your own for 400 companies versus if you come to me, uh, or an agency, um, that's all built into the built into the pie. So uh, there is n- there's no difference in cost if you decide to work with a human being that can you know talk to you about your concerns and navigate them with you versus if you want to do it yourself. And there are certainly people out there that are do-it-yourselfers and more power to them. I think that's fantastic. But um, for everyone else who wants to just focus on what they know they do best, you know we're here for them. And I, even a lot of the carriers, uh, in all these tech companies that are coming out in personal lines. There's Lemonade. Um, there's, uh, in, in, in workers comp, pie just came out, you know, all those companies start out with these, with these desires to be direct to consumer and change the game. And then usually within a, a year or two, they come around to the agencies and say, Hey, you know what? We'd prefer to partner with you. You, you know, you guys are good at explaining this to, uh, clients and, and have, and having that relationship. And it actually works out better for everyone involved. So um, we would prefer it if you would represent our, our products. And so all those companies that, are, that were tech companies, Silicon Valley, major investing uh, op- you know, uh, ideas, uh, now we represent them. We work directly with them. So uh, it's not really, you know, I think it's more of a collaborative relationship. We're trying to get the best deal for our client. And we're also trying to give the, work, the carriers, uh, the insurance companies, the 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 clients that they want that they understand and that they can price effectively to create that sustainable system
0: now, I realize you nor I are accountants or CPAs, but if you get insurance, can is that a write-off? Can you can you write that off for your taxes to say I've spent X amount of dollars per year for business insurance?
2: Absolutely, it's a business expense. So the um, the insurance is is a cost to the business. Now there are a couple instances. That you would want to check with a with a CPA. Um, I know that writing off life insurance premiums again, that's not my area of expertise, but I know that writing off life insurance premiums has consequences for how the life benefits get paid out. So, I, I, as I understand it, you typically wouldn't want to do that. Um, again, check with you know each each business's situation is 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 individual, and they should they should talk to a CPA or an attorney. Um, but to, to, to your broader question, is it something that is, is, is our business insurance uh, premiums a, a write-off? Yeah, that would be correct.
0: And do they have uh, – I'm just going for personal experience. I remember uh, when I got errors and omissions insurance from my marketing agency that they said, okay, year one you're going to pay the most. And then – or I think it was like something like year one you pay this, year two it goes higher – Yep. Year three, it goes higher, and then like at a whatever point, then it starts to drop. And they are explaining, we're covering you. Basically, it's rolling back to the day, so we yep. don't know what your track record is. So you're gonna end up paying higher for a little while. Then we know like you're not, you know, filing claims, and then it starts to go back down. So is that like a unique thing for errors and omissions, or is that kind of how like most policies for business insurance works? yeah, so that's the difference in
2: in between a claims made form and an occurrence form. so with with um, with certain types of insurance like professional liability, errors and omissions, malpractice, they're generally written on a uh, a claims made form. And so a claims made form will have a retroactive date that says we're going to cover claims back to this specific date, and so you're absolutely right in in the case of your errors and omissions. You know, the first year they probably had a retro date of the day you started the policy, and so they're only looking at that one year of exposure and risk. And so that year is going to be pretty inexpensive. Then the next year, assuming you you know, assuming you have a next year, right? Yep. Um, you you'll have two years to build on. So and then the retroactive date will have stayed at, at the first date you started the policy a year ago. So that that now you have two years to account for, and so the the price will go up third year again, same thing. And then yeah, you're right. You get to sort of a tipping point where they, you know, understand how you're how you're doing and maybe you get some, you know, again, it's it's uh like we were talking about before, you know, if you have a good if you have a good track record with them, if you've done well and and we're a good client with them, then you know, maybe you see it go the up opposite direction. That's all part of the negotiation though too, right? We want to Every year we have a go-to-market strategy. So we want to talk with the client again, understand what they liked and disliked about the last year, not take up too much of their time, obviously, but um, just get the the nuts and bolts of what what they're needing, and then make sure that it's as competitive, competitive as possible and work with the underwriter to get, you know, the pricing where we need it to be to work for everybody.
1: Do you run a business generating at least a million dollars in annual revenue and struggle with marketing that fails to produce real results? If so, you're not alone. Many businesses that have broken into the seven-digit revenues realize how they used to do their marketing and strategy needs to evolve, and they need a partner in growth to accelerate their success. Built by Love is an award-winning marketing agency that works with clients as an extension of their in-house marketing department. You'll appreciate that they lead with strategy first, then do the hard work for you. They have a proprietary marketing formula along with a team of professionals to ensure that you have the right people in the right seats driving you towards your marketing goals. Schedule your free strategic consult today by calling 619-881-0096 and experience an agency that you'll love and results you'll love even more.
0: So you brought up a good point. So it kind of sounds like to me in layman's terms you're kind of doing like a a business insurance health check. So if they you know if someone's not doing it themselves and they have like an agent or an agency that they're working with you guys are going to check in with them every year, review everything and and modify, revise or do things like that because a year is a lot of time. Business can change. Your needs can change. You might open a, a new department or division or hire new people. So things are changing. So it kind of makes sense, right, that they should be doing an annual check-in to make sure they're properly covered, not underinsured or overinsured or whatever the case may be.
2: Yeah, business and industry is dynamic. It's always changing. That's kind of the, the nature of it, right? So um, not only does the insurance need to change to, to keep up, but it, it should also be uh, trying to peer into the future and make predictions about new and emerging problems that, that, that could come their way, right? Um, so we, we're, trying, we're trying to think about what, what, could, what could potentially be coming down the, down the pike as well.
0: So besides, of course, the the pandemic at yeah. hand, um, obviously, there's a lot of people that are now working from home. And whether I'm right or wrong to this, I'm going to make a, an assumption that this is going to do a paradigm shift for a lot of businesses that they're going to start relying more on remote work. They're going to embrace technology more, even so businesses that maybe didn't so, do so in the past. So that's kind of opening the, the, the world of the internet and insurance and kind of also cybercrime, right? I mean, there's a whole other world there that people might not even be thinking about.
2: Absolutely, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think cyber crime is probably one of the most overlooked coverages. I mean that's that's pretty close to your original question about what what coverages do every should every business have. I can't quite make that blanket statement with cyber um, and cybercrime, but it's pretty close. I mean, we're all so tied to uh, computer systems and and personal data in some form or fashion. And um, I think people would be surprised, I think business owners that are sophisticated would be surprised how exposed they are if they don't have that that coverage, um, because it's not something that your general, li- general liability is typically going to pick up in, in a major way.
0: So I'm, I'll start with uh, a story I, I heard from someone I know and then I'm going to turn it over to you to see if there's any stories without, you know, of of course, giving out any confidential things. Yeah. Uh, There was uh, a a husband and wife uh, business owner team that uh, had a very notable business in Southern California, and the wife decided as a gift she was going to get professional photos taken for her husband for their anniversary. And so they hired a professional photographer. Photographer took great photos. Photographer apparently had his his computer or his database or whatever it was where all these photos resided hacked. And then these hackers were going to the CEO's wife saying, pay us X amount of dollars or we're going to post these photos all over the world. Now, they weren't like anything super racy, but someone that's on the speaking circuit and on stages and has a book and things like that. That's not something that she wants done. And they were, it was a nightmare for them. And I remember them saying, what do we do? I mean, the photographer, it's, you know, I mean, he didn't know. It's not like technically his fault, but really it it was, it was his thing or his business that got hacked so I'm sure that you probably have, and if you do, if you if you have any stories you can share with instances where people maybe should have had some kind of cybercrime coverage where they didn't even think something was gonna happen and like obviously something crazy happened.
2: Yeah, that's a that's definitely an interesting story. Um <laughs> I I've had uh I've had sort of a mixture of 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 the elements of that story. So I've 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 certainly had um I've certainly had photographers that you know, like wedding photographers that uh, will take photos of a, of a specific event or day and they're worth a lot of money to the party um, who, who paid for them, obviously, and, or they could be priceless, right if they if they're your wedding photos or something like that and um and then and then something happened to the film and they lost all those photos and yeah that would be that would be a place where professional liability would step in and and hopefully uh make up for that that claim obviously they can't replace the photos but they can they can try to take care of the you know the lawsuit and whatever the outcome of the lawsuit is for the the people who lost their photos um I, I, we've definitely also had scenarios where people are extorted um, either you know their computer files are encrypted and they have to pay a ransom to get to get access to them again or they're being extorted in some way via the computer and uh, and and again cyber cyber is something that cyber crime is something that can act in those instances. It's actually it's actually interesting I think you know the, you're you're talking about criminals, right? you're talking about people who are by definition, trying to steal from you, right? By encrypting all your files and extorting you to get them back. But um, when we talk with the claims adjusters and the underwriters, you know, this has happened to cities even. and the cities have been advised to just pay the pay the ransom to 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 get access to this information back. It's less expensive to do that, and then hopefully they have insurance. But uh, you know you're you're kind of sitting there thinking, okay, so I'm, I'm going to trust that if I pay this, the person will unencrypt all my files. And yet that's sort of the deal, right? Like in order for their criminal enterprise to work, they have to be sort of like, you know, for lack of a better term, honest, honest criminals, right? They have to be trustworthy enough to unencrypt the, uh, um, the files. I just, I thought that was interesting when we were talking with uh, some underwriters and adjusters about, about, this particular type of crime uh kind of the oxymoronic nature that they find themselves in you know having to deal with to uh, uh, this criminal and trusting that they're going to do the right thing in the end
0: yeah i, I can't remember and i'd it's probably best that i don't say but it was just in the news this week uh of april 2020 and i won't say the date but some uh some business like a notable business got hacked and they end up pay, paying like 2 million dollars to get their their files back i mean it's it's crazy so something like that if they had insurance would would cover that for them
2: yeah it could it could um i mean there there's also the example the one that the one that i was thinking of as you as you kind of started talk touching on the subject was i think you may have heard about the the couple in san diego that um received falsified wire instructions and wired their life savings, uh, somewhere. Uh, and, and, and the money is just gone at that point. You know, they are putting a down payment on, on their house or, or paying or, or completing the wire instructions to complete the purchase of the house. And, um, and that money's just gone. It's dispersed, uh, internationally. And, and that's, and that's the end of it for, for them. Now that I have seen situations where, similar um, similar things have have occurred where, where somebody must have been hacked and there were and there were fingers pointed and that led to additional uh, additional lawsuits so even if they weren't the person or the uh, the party that lost their money they're still potentially the subject of litigation for for are being accused of uh, being the source of a breach because they didn't have uh, strict enough or strong enough uh, Cybersecurity protocols in place. So, and that is definitely a place where where cyber insurance would would come into play. So, you know, it, it's a it's a it's a two pronged approach. Kind of, you need to make sure that you're mitigating the risk, right? Mitigation is a word that I've been I've been bringing up with clients for years, but you now all of a sudden it's in the the news every day, right? We need to mitigate this. Mitigation is always something you need to you need to reduce the the frequency and the severity of any risk that you have. And then, you know, what's left over is, is certainly something that you can insure. But you can't have uh, a situation where you just have claims that are frequent and severe uh, reoccurring over and over. That's just not something that's sustainable
0: for, for anybody. If someone has insurance, business insurance, and they're thinking, I think I'm okay, uh, and they maybe got it themselves or, or they've had it for a long time, what would be the advice for someone like that? Should they reach out to either who they bought it from or, or seek like a second opinion to see if maybe they could have better coverage? Like what would be the advice for someone who has insurance right now?
2: Yeah. I, I, if you, if you, if you got it from an agency, I would certainly reach out to your agent and talk with them about it and, and, and try to go through a review. I mean, if're if you're in the process of of trying to figure out, am I with the right agency or I, or I need to get to I need to be I need to work with an agency, How do I figure out which which agency to work with? You know, I, I think that you should interview the agency. It's a different process. I don't think it helps businesses, and I could go into why, but I don't think it helps businesses to hire ten different brokers and send them all out to market and have them bump into each other and try to come back with it. that's that tends to be a race to the bottom interviewing agencies on the front end makes a lot of sense. And, and so at that point, I would ask them, you know, what makes you different? How are you going to deliver? What is your process? Um, and if they don't have much to tell you, th- that would be kind of a, a red flag. But you should come to that appointment with an open mind. It's a collaboration. And I never tell the client what they have to do or try to sell them anything. I'm 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 coming to that appointment as I'm on their team. I'm trying to be a counselor. Um, and it's a relationship that is a two-way street.
0: How many but times in should they be no, engaging with uh, their their client their their agency? How often you said? Yeah,
2: it's logical to at least check in once a year, um, just given that that's the typical length of a, of a standard insurance policy is once a year. But if, the, if you're making changes more frequently than that, or if you have a, a specific, you know, problem that you're trying to tackle with your agent, you might be talking with them. You know, I think I'll scare people away by saying this, but you might be talking with them once a week or once a, once a month. I mean, I have clients who they have serious problems with claims and we we have a serious program in place to try to, to try to tackle that. So I may be, Talking with them, you know, as a as a risk manager, in a risk manager sense, um, I may be talking with them once a week or once a month, looking at their looking at their losses and seeing how we can improve. Do we see any patterns? You know, uh, what trying trying to wrap our arms around how we can how we can get better and improve
0: and make that year um, better for them. Is there uh, is there typically a cost to like? Do they pay you a fee for your time or they paying the policy which then pays for you like is there what's that look like and is there are there different scenarios
2: yeah i wish daniel i really like i uh (laughs) i wish i had uh, billable hours and and whatnot i think that'd be a a much a much better way to to go about this but no i'm you know uh as 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 we were talking about the different distribution methods you know we get paid from the insurance companies they 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 pay us a commission it's you know it's 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 agreed to on the on the back end when we when we contract with them um so there's no extra cost to you know what i what the advice that we're trying to give and working with the client to 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 produce outcomes that's you know i i think of that just as you know the cost of doing business, and I hope when we do a good job, that people see the value in that, and that they're that you you begin to grow a, a relationship and some trust with the client, and and I think that I think that that shows in our in our results. I think that shows in our retention of clients. But um, there's no we don't we don't have an additional charge for for doing those things.
0: And if someone hasn't heard from their agent at all then i guess that would probably be an indicator that maybe they want to talk to someone else uh
2: yeah i think it's just like it's a red flag um because i mean i guess i would i would ask them like has has is your business been stagnant is it not dynamic has it has it not changed at all is it has is everything just stayed status quo for you in your life um for most people that the answer is no and 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 outside of that, you know, I'd still want my insurance to be keeping up with me and, and the market and being as competitive and forward looking as it can be competitive in price, forward looking in coverage, making sure that we're trying to predict what's what's coming down the road because things change. And, you know, uh, 20 years ago, cyber concerns cyber insurance wasn't nearly what it is today right it's changing it changes every year so i you know that that would be something i would i would expect to hear from my agent about and uh, making sure that the pricing is competitive every year right um it's it's hard i i am a business owner right uh so like the people listening to this maybe I, I understand how how competitive it is to run a business uh, these days. You have to keep up with uh, the guy down the street who or the gal down the street who's who's working hard. and um, in order to do that, you need to keep you need to keep your costs in check. You can't you can't i, I you know i I've, I've walked into businesses before where i can I can see their pain. Two times the amount for workers' compensation. What the business down, what the restaurant down the street is paying for it, and I just—that's not sustainable, right? You need—you can't have—you can't have that kind of uh, non-competitiveness happening. We need to—we need to get that under control for them.
0: Gotcha. that makes sense. As we're kind of starting to wrap up, uh, as we're getting to the top of the hour, do you have any final thoughts or advice? I mean, if, if someone's listening to this, whether they have business insurance whether they're not even sure if they do like what would be the best possible advice for someone uh who's probably not that well educated in the whole world of you know business insurance
2: yeah well i hope i hope this isn't i hope this isn't the final question i was hoping to talk with you about fun the fun insurance stories at some
0: point but um no, no I- my, my no means <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get to that next <laughs>
2: okay no, I, um, I I I think that it is about interviewing an agency. Like try to find out what they're saying makes sense. If they have a process, if it makes sense to you, and if you see value in it, because that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day is that you you uh, agree with the plan and 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 appreciate it because it, you're going to need to develop a relationship or some sort of a partnership between your agency and your insurance company. And when all three of those uh, parties are rowing in the same alignment, you can really you can have, you can have much better results that way.
0: That totally makes sense. So let's get to the, some, some fun stuff before we have to wrap. So I'd love to hear some stories uh, that, that you have in regards to just insurance and anything like that. I'm sure you have some good ones.
2: Yeah, I've definitely seen quite a few, uh, quite a few things. Um, I, I think it can it can be a stale, boring industry at times. But um, so it's, it's sometimes it's like a like a still lake with a duck sitting on you know like underneath. There's a lot of churning and craziness happening. <laughs> um, I think fraud, the cases of fraud, um, are are definitely the the most interesting. If I could go back in time, if I restarted in this industry, I think I would. Uh, choose to be a, uh, one of the special investigations unit people because they, they, I think they have the most interesting job. But I've seen everything from, uh, there's a clip on the internet of a piece of metal falling from a sprinkler head onto a desk, and uh, the woman sees it, picks it up, looks around to see if anyone saw, and then she smacks herself in the head with it to try to file a workers' comp claim. Um, which I just oh think—I just think—is funny. You know, the 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 physics of it didn't make any sense, but you know, saw an opportunity and tried to take it. I personally had an experience. Um, this was so long ago, but um, I had an experience with um, a person who was trying to—he didn't know it at the time—but was trying to um, inherit or take over a bunch of. Someone's assets. the the person uh, was in the hospital and and couldn't make decisions for themselves, and so they were trying to have them sign a power of attorney and and all these different wild things. and and anyway, when they landed on my desk, it was because they had they were asking to take out an insurance policy on some of the the person's properties, the properties that they didn't own, and a whole bunch of stuff happened. We did we 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 insured because uh, we we don't ask for you know deeds and and titles and stuff like that uh if someone says i live at this address we pretty much take their word for it so we insured the property and then um we we had kind of figured out that something didn't smell right here that there was something wrong we had tipped off and we had we had brought it up to the insurance company and said hey i think that this is this doesn't make sense we're having tough times getting signatures tough times getting like normal information that we would need and then boom the claim came in and it was like you know for some crazy amount and the the special investigations guy went out and took a look at the look at the property, and it was like they, you know, it was it, it, it was alleged theft. They came in and they took everything, but the uh, everything, including the can opener, uh, with it, you know, just everything was taken from this from this house. And it turned out that of the two properties, one was not owned. One was, you know, they were trying to basically get it from from this person who was in the hospital for with a power of attorney and all these different weird maneuvers. And the other property they were renting at and the, the landlord had evicted them and had taken everything and moved it into a storage unit. But they were, they were claiming theft and saying that everything was taken and, um, you know, you owe us $500,000 and all these different, uh, different things. They're just, they're just fun, interesting people out there that find creative ways to try to, to try to make a living.
0: Wow. Wow. That is, that is crazy. I'm sure you guys have some probably some fun stuff to deal with when it comes through.
2: Yeah, that one was interesting. We have, we've had a few things that, that have come up over the years.
0: How, if someone's listening and they, they want to contact you, how would they, how would they do that? How would they find you online or, or call you? Like, how would they get a hold of you or your team?
2: Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if they want to reach me, they could reach out to us on our website. We are at packinsure.com. That's P-A-C-I-N-S-U-R-E.com. My email is eric E-R-I-K, at packinsure.com. They can look us up on Yelp or on Facebook, Google. They can do it the old-fashioned way. Just give us a call. Our phone number is 858-386-4443. Or we could Zoom. We're getting pretty good at Zooming these days. So. (laughs) happy to do that.
0: Cool. And then if they reach out to you, then you guys, I imagine would get to understand their business. And then like you had mentioned earlier, the, the 360 approach, right? That would probably be the next step.
2: Yeah, we'll go through the whole process with them, um, assuming that's what they want to do and, and just sort of take a comprehensive approach to learning about them and, and seeing how we can help.
0: Eric, I really appreciate your time. I know you're the CEO of the company and you know getting you on the calendar and having you take some time out, especially during this pandemic, is greatly appreciated. So thank you for carving out an hour of your time with us to be
1: on this podcast.
2: I appreciate you, Daniel. Thanks for having me and um, stay safe.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Biz Power Hour. If you find value in the content we produce, please leave a kind review inside iTunes or go to the Google Play Store. You can also sign up to receive notifications when new episodes air by visiting www.bizpowerhour.com. The Biz Power Hour is produced by Built by Love and hosted by Daniel Bushes. You can learn more about Built by Love, an award-winning marketing agency at builtbylove.agency and about the show host, Daniel Bushes at danielbushes.com. Details regarding our show guests can be found within the show notes. Until the next episode, we wish you business success.